welcome to a sunny and hot mid-September in Lisbon. I'm sitting here on a sofa in the lobby, observing people from all over the world, sipping on their coffee or tea, little gatherings, engaged in intense coffee break discussions. In this marble-coated lobby, the air conditioning is stopping the heat from sneaking in, but the temperature seems high anyway. The reason is the General Assembly Conference, held by the Association of European Celiac Societies, the AOECS. Intense debates, voting sessions and panel discussions are taking place here over the course of two days. What is being discussed is celiac disease, and its influence on the daily lives of people suffering from this lifelong autoimmune condition. This is the 34th time they meet, and this year in September 2022, over a hundred delegates from 30 national celiac societies meet to discuss how to make life better for celiacs in Europe and beyond. This year it's the Portuguese Celiac Society who hosts the event. I'm Jesper Lindström and uh, I'm from Sweden. I have two teenage daughters with celiac disease, and I'm curious about how life is for celiacs outside Sweden. For this reason, I have traveled to Lisbon to meet celiacs from other countries and learn more about the living conditions and challenges for them in their part of the world. Join me in listening to their voices and learn more about what celiac life is like in their part of the world. My name is Tina Tockenberger, I live in Switzerland. The general conditions are not too bad, but um, there are no financial supports from the government at the moment. Um, the, they stopped it um, uh, beginning this year. There were before for children till the age of 20, but now it's, it's absolutely nothing. Um, and yeah, we're fighting for it, but um, with, with the products and all that, I think it's, it's at a good stage, but it could improve. Is it easy to find gluten-free food in uh, stores? In uh, in uh, cities, definitely. In in the in the more countryside, it's 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 yeah, kind of kind of difficult sometimes. But it's it's getting better. Is it easy to find a good restaurant, or is it a problem? It's definitely a problem. There are as well in the cities. Um, more and more restaurants um, recognizing the problem, but on the countryside there are very, very few restaurants. So how is the awareness of celiac disease and what it is? Well, <laughs> that's, a, that's a difficult question. I think it's, it's quite difficult. Um, some recognize it and, and the others don't even have heard ever of it so it's yeah it's it's quite divided so if you go to a restaurant and say that you have celiac disease would it be recognized or mostly mostly i think not to be honest they they think it's about the milk or or something like that but they they don't really know what it is about so what's the greatest challenge for celiacs in switzerland today yeah, I think the greatest challenge is going out, eating out. Um, that's really a problem. And for um, families with a low income, it's it's really the, the cost of the products, which which is really challenging. And um, everything in school, school meals, um, daycare me um, uh, structures. That's that's a really problem. Yeah. 
Thank you very much, Tina. Thank you. <laughs> My name is Vesna Pakov, I'm from Serbia. What are the biggest uh, difficulties for a celiac person in, in Serbia today? Oh, many difficulties. Not, not, not uh, good understanding from the society, but it is better now than uh, many years uh, before. And uh, we still have uh, um, not good understanding from the producer, because they think it's easy to produce uh, gluten-free foods, and they put claim that something is gluten-free which is not uh, for sure gluten-free but also we have very good producer they understand very well what are the standards gluten-free standards and how they can produce and the uh, I, I may say uh, most uh, difficulties uh, for the celiac people is the prices of the products which are very expensive and uh, the, 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 the second issue is uh, diagnostic, <laughs> mm -hmm. not so well and not so quick. We still uh, face the uh, name of the, the, the many years before you've been diagnosed mm. by celiac disease. So the knowledge within the healthcare system about celiac disease is low? Well, I must say it's not uh, on high level. It is because we have done some um, questionnaire for the healthcare professionals and uh, many of them I'm speaking about general practitioners doesn't know what uh, is celiac disease how long it takes does it long life or uh, it will pass and uh, but the good thing is they are willing to answer the question and they are willing to learn to hear about uh, everything about celiac disease that's a good thing. So finding gluten-free food in Serbia is not a problem, but affording it is worse. Well, <laughs> you may say it's not a problem because you have uh, many, um, not as many uh, gluten-free products, uh, mostly from Italy and uh, from Austria and uh, a few domestic producers that are safe. Uh, but we don't have that um, assortment of the products. We just have, let's say, pasta, bread, uh, some cookies, some cakes, and that's all. So how is it when you go out to eat at a restaurant in Serbia? Is it safe for celiac people? We have uh, a lot of restaurants that claim they are gluten-free, but uh, we don't recommend it. Mm, what we can recommend, it's only one restaurant in whole Belgrade that we are sure it's gluten-free and so it is not easy to go out. So knowledge about celiac disease and gluten-free food is low within the restaurant industry? I don't think so. I think it's uh, not low, but I think uh, the preparing meals are not safe. They know a lot about, uh, about uh, celiac disease, uh, gluten-free diet, but still they need to learn about standards in, in the caterers and uh, etc. Et uh, as a celiac in, in Serbia, what kind of support do you get from uh, the government? Uh, we get uh, five, uh, seven kilo flowers per month, no matter of the gender, age, uh, so you can lifelong <laughs> take on the recipe seven kilo of flowers. Do you get any monetary support? No, not yet, but we are looking for that. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Vesna. Thank you.
My name is Tone Nivold and I'm from Norway. How is life for a celiac person in uh, Norway today? I think overall uh, celiac persons are having good lives, but uh, there are of course many challenges, uh, especially if you are uh, traveling. It's difficult to find food on the road and um, there's also difficult maybe in social settings, eating out, there are challenges in schools, uh, in um, when the children are educated in um, food and uh, things like that. So there are of course challenges, but uh, overall we are in a good way, I think. Finding food in supermarkets in Norway is easy for celiacs, wherever you go in, uh, in Norway. Not wherever you go. There are um, differences. Uh, that bigger supermarkets have bigger uh, varieties and uh, uh, you can be unlucky and go to a small supermarket where they were very small, non-existent almost. But uh, you can also be very lucky in where we have a small cottage. It is the smallest, smallest uh, grocery shop and they have a big um, rack of uh, gluten-free food so that's so so great if you go out and eat on a restaurant can you be confident that people know what celiac disease is no that's very difficult and uh, that's something that we are working on trying to educate chefs and uh, waiters and uh, but there's a big turnover in those um, sectors you have to ask and you have to tell them that you can't, you, you can't have gluten and that you are a celiac. So it's always good to ask and always good to tell them that it's not just that you prefer gluten-free, you need it. So is general awareness about uh, celiac disease in Norway? I don't know, but it's increasing. Since the pandemic, we have had online courses uh, every month and we educate a lot of uh, preschool teachers, a lot of um, health uh, nurses that are working with children. And um, also uh, we try to reach out to, to doctors, which are more uh, difficult, but um, and uh, we try to educate wherever we can. So it's increasing, but um, it can be better. Do people in Norway with celiac disease get any support from the state? Yes, uh, they get a monthly support from the state and it's, um, uh, it has been a great struggle because the government has reduced it uh, for two periods. They have cut it in half and then they cut it even lower. So, But uh, people uh, up to the age of 30, they get uh, around a thousand kroner per month and uh, because they are um, often uh, students or um, in school, like children in birthday and social settings, and people above 30, they get 688 kroner per month. So we think that is a bit small. We think everyone should have at least have a thousand kroner because, um, and also with the prices rising now, it's probably not enough for everyone. So. So you get support all your life? All your life, if you have a celiac disease. But not if you have a non-celiac gluten intolerance, then you have lost your support. So, yeah. What are the biggest challenges for celiac persons in Norway? 
I think the prices on food are increasing and um, if you are struggling, you are struggling even more if you, with the prices on celiac food. So that's the main problem I think that everyone meets. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs>
They give us the transportation to go to these governments for free. They have uh, three sessions on TV to educate people uh, awareness uh, about uh, celiac. They support us in the army uh, laboratories. They test the gluten-free, which we um, have uh, consciousness if it's uh, safe or not, for free. They test it for free. This is, yes, this is the army. They support us. This is the first governmental body in Jordan who support us in Jordan. Okay. This is very important. In, in COVID-19, everything is locking down, right? So civil defense in Jordan, they came to my house and they take a flower and distribute it for all celiac patients in Peru for free with their uh, vehicles uh, and cars. We distribute 2,800 kilo for, for free and the uh, army who distribute this for the celiac patients. So day by day, it's, the life is easier for celiac patients. We are doing our best actually. Okay. So, and how easy is it to get the diagnosis for celiac disease uh, from a doctor in Jordan? They have to make a test, the TTG, the antibodies test. Then they have to make the biopsy to assure that this patient has celiac or not. And many of the hospitals in Jordan, after they diagnose the children, they uh, give uh, them our number and we continue with the families after they diagnose how uh, the diet should be and how uh, we also support the kids. We talk to the kids and we encourage them. If you want to draw something about your disease, you can publish this in the newspapers and we try to support them so socially. And you work voluntary? Yes, all of us in the society are voluntary persons. We don't uh, take anything. And I would uh -huh. like to yeah. thank the AOCS to accept our affiliation because this can uh, give us support. We are a strong society with the youth affiliated. So thank you so much for today for every one of you. I'm Jill Brennan and I'm the CEO of the Celiac Society of Ireland. Living conditions for celiacs in Ireland today is very much, I say, how it is across most other European nations. Cost of living has increased. We are now currently at 9.2% inflation. So food prices are increasing. And as an, an island nation, we have to import in an awful lot of our product. So we don't produce any, we produce grain ourselves, but we don't mill the grain in Ireland. So we take in flour, we take in all types of flour into Ireland, be it uh, gluten containing or rice flours or other non-gluten containing flours. So that has pushed prices up, not just for the products that we have to import in that are gluten free, but also for products that we produce at home in Ireland. So this is an issue and the Celiac Society of Ireland is currently trying to work with our government to try and bring in some form of subsidy to help those on lower incomes who cannot afford to treat their celiac disease through maintaining a strict gluten-free diet. So we try very hard to support where we can and we're trying to work with food banks now and coming up to winter. We're also trying to work with some of the supermarkets to see if they can help with regards to vouchers and discounts and that kind of thing. 
and also with our government to see uh, we have a budget now in two weeks time to see if they will actually help with regard to uh, putting in place a subsidy system for people on lower incomes. The only government support that is available are for people who actually are working and paying income tax. If you are working and paying income tax you can claim back up to 20% of the amount you spent on gluten-free food during the year you can claim that back through a med, what's called a med one so it's a medical certi certification that only works though if you're working if you're not working you don't fall into that system and there are currently an awful lot of people who are pensioners on pension uh, fund, uh, pensions who don't fall into the income tax bracket and then there are people who are not pensioners who may be in receipt of other social welfare payments and they don't fall into that bracket so they are the ones that we're trying to help the most and they tend to be the ones on lower incomes sounds like an awful lot of paperwork I do nothing but push paper <laughs> but for for people trying to get the, the taxes back I mean oh yes no and it is and it can be quite um, confusing usually how it works is you have to keep your gluten-free certificates and your gluten-free re uh, receipts for five years now if you do shopping every week or every day trying to remember to keep those gluten-free certificates is hard and our revenue commissioners our tax commissioners have asked people to use an app now people think that in order to get the tax relief you have to have the app but they don't realize that it's optional because as with all government departments they never use the word optional when it comes to tax <laughs> so it's pretty complicated then I guess yes it is and what's more what's hard is for those who who fall outside the tax the tax system they are the ones who this is going to affect the most um, and people who are gluten-free and gluten intolerant um, don't qualify for, for the tax relief so it's a it's it's really going to impact hard and food prices have started to go up they really have if you can afford it is it easy to find a good restaurant for celiacs in Ireland nothing like there are on the continent where you have specifically gluten-free restaurants they're very very few in Ireland so you have to depend on the front of house staff and the kitchen staff actually knowing how to prepare gluten-free food, but also what requirements a celiac has in relation to cross-contamination. So eating out is a big issue in Ireland. There are restaurants, but there are none that are what we would be say endorsed by the Celiac Society, but that's something we're working on at the moment. So eating out is difficult because A, of choice, but B, of, because of price and prices have skyrocketed. So even if you were able to eat out in Ireland as a non-celiac, you'd want to raid a bank. So how is the general awareness if you go out to eat about celiac disease and what it is? It's hit and miss. So that means that you could go into five restaurants and three might understand and two might not. Um, and there we get lots of what we say in English, anecdotal situations. So you go in and the, they say you say to the restaurant, can you provide a gluten-free meal? Yes, I'm a celiac. Okay, we have gluten-free soup on the menu today. That's lovely, I'll have that. And they bring the soup out with a lovely slice of brown bread. That is not gluten-free. How is it to get diagnosed? Is, is the knowledge about celiac disease uh, well spread within the medical system? Yes and no. Again, it depends on the doctor you get. Okay, so some doctors are very quick and we'll put two and two together and realize that these symptoms are very indicating odd that there is that you might have celiac disease and they will send you for the blood test they will do the blood test there are some doctors who refuse to do the blood test especially on children 
and the child might have all of the signs of celiac disease and including the skin rash and we have had incidences of a three-year-old who was basically you could see they had dermatitis herpetiformis and the doctor would not do a, a test for celiac disease um, so what we are trying to do now is to make people aware of the fact that you hold the doctor to account and by that what I mean is that you say to them look I want it noted on my daughter or my son's medical files that you will not do a test for celiac disease and that sometimes pushes them to do the test so awareness we work very closely with the uh, Irish Congress of General Practitioners uh, we also have work with the, some of the gastroenterologist consultants in Ireland awareness is always going to be an ongoing issue and it's always going to be pushing a boulder up a hill but we do what we can and we certainly try to spread the world word as best as we can thank you very much Jill thank you Jesper I'm Susanna Neuholder and I'm living in Italy. So how is general life for a celiac in Italy today? I think uh, it's a good life because you know in Italy we have uh, obtained uh, from the 80s uh, a very good uh, health system to assist celiacs. Uh, in fact we have uh, uh, funds that uh, people with celiac disease can have to buy gluten-free products. They receive every month a check with which they can buy gluten-free products. It's around 100 euros per month, so it's a very good help from the government. And then we have also funds from the government to train doctors, but also restaurants. And we also have a law that established that in every public canteen, so hospitals, schools, uh, etc. You can, uh, you must have, uh, uh, you have the right to have uh, a gluten-free menu if you are celiac. So I think situation in Italy is very, is very good yeah, for the moment, of course. Yeah. And finding gluten-free food on uh, shelves in the superstore is uh, easy wherever you go in Italy. Yeah, it is uh, almost easy. We have gluten-free foods. Uh, you, we used to have in pharmacies. But by many years now, you can find also in, uh, in all the big retailers chains. Perhaps uh, we are just witnessing now uh, a little changes in the marketing trends. So we are monitoring very strictly what is uh, happening because, of course, the crisis can uh, can impact also on celiacs and uh, on the cost uh, on the prices of products. But for the moment, for the time being, situation is good and we can find products all over Italy in supermarkets, pharmacies and specialized shops. Uh, as all over the world, uh, gluten-free foods cost a lot more than the conventional one, around uh, 10 uh, times. Uh, but of course, uh, thanks to these subsidies from the government, uh, it is affordable, yeah. So this is not a problem for the moment. So life is pretty good uh, in Italy for celiacs, but what's the greatest challenge for celiacs in Italy? The challenge is to maintain this system because you know uh, the health system is uh, always uh, taking uh, uh, money is taken uh, from the, the health system, uh, so there is uh, uh, always less money to finance uh, the, the healthcare system. So. The challenge is to protect and to maintain the system. So we are working very hard uh, for this reason. 
and also the, the big problem in Italy is also about diagnosis because you know we have uh, around uh, two, 250,000 celiacs diagnosed but we are waiting for 600,000 so we have so many celiacs now that uh, possibly are experiencing bad, uh, bad quality of life and they have not still reached a diagnosis. So we are working hard to, to help people to get uh, quickly to a diagnosis. Thank you, Susanna. Thank you, dear. <laughs> I'm living in Luxembourg and my name is Annette Schneider-Wouters. I'm Dutch, but I'm for the Luxembourg Society as I have two nationalities. How is life for a celiac person in Luxembourg today? Well, it's, it's pretty tough, I think, because uh, Luxembourg is a very international country and it's very tiny and the products come really from all over the world. Uh, even you can find Swedish products, French products, German products, Dutch products, uh, English, because there is a demand for it. And the, for celiacs, it makes it very difficult because they cannot stick to one sign apart from the gluten-free logo, of course, that's for sure. But there are all, also products which do not uh, have the logo and then they have to read ingredients and every county has a bit different politics about labeling uh, where it's written and how it's done so it's it's not easy so finding gluten-free food in supermarkets in luxembourg can be a challenge it can yes it is yes it is and it's changing very quickly the product um, uh, offer is sometimes you have three months you have an offer from Italy mm. from gluten-free products and then it not, never comes back because it was a testing from the supermarket to see uh, if it was sold or not then well may not an, not enough profit so they take it out again but what about uh, going out to eat at a restaurant? Can you eat safely and uh, find restaurants with the gluten-free offer? Well, it, it's improved since the allergen declaration is compulsory. So that's, uh, of course, a, a big step forward. But uh, it's not done very well. It still has to be uh, got, uh, get into routine for the restaurants to make this um, uh, allergen list and update them um, because that's again that's they change the menu but they forget about updating the allergen list for the new menu so that's kind of uh, I think it, it needs more time to, to get used to it and then a big issue is the cross-contamination of course but I think that's not different from other countries we have not uh, the official audit uh, eating out system so that's a bit pity but it's a small country I think there are others in Europe where there is not an official auditing for eating out so that's I think pretty similar with other countries so awareness about celiac disease is a challenge when you go out to it? In that too, I think it's, it's really the last 10 years it has uh, made a big leap forward. That's really good. I think th the worst is the doctors. 
no, really, that's that's a bit disappointing. We, um, the probably it's cultural. The doctors are really uh, a closed group in our country, and they do not easily accept advice or input from. Well, now for us it's celiac disease, but it could be diabetes or something, and uh, they are difficult to approach. So it's more tough to get the diagnostics than I think the awareness in public in general. Do celiac persons in Luxembourg receive any support from the government? Yes, they do. They have a reimbursement. They have uh, every six months they receive a reimbursement when they, when they send in their bills with the gluten-free products on it and they get a reimbursement for 200, about 270 euros every six months. So what are the biggest challenges for a celiac person in Luxembourg today? I think the biggest challenge is, is uh, eating healthy. But that's again, that's, I think that's a bit uh, on the same level as everybody, young people. They have spent less, less time in the kitchen and they tend to buy um, prepared food, uh, uh, prepackaged food. And I, I think that for Celix is definitely also a big challenge. Thank you very much. Okay, you're welcome. Hello, my name is Patricia and I am from Portugal. Uh, what is life for a celiac person in Portugal like? Uh, so I feel like it has improved a lot recently because um, I was diagnosed 12 years ago. Back then it was kind of a shock uh, because I, um, I don't live in the capital. I used to live two hours away from Lisbon, so in quite a small village. So no one knew what celiac disease was. I would have to drive half an hour to get some gluten-free products uh, and they were really expensive and not very tasty. <laughs> so I think over the years, uh, we have started to have a lot of more gluten-free products. Um, and I think nowadays it's easier. I just try to face it as a normal thing in my life. Um, I think the Portuguese Celiac Association has also developed quite a good work with like uh, restaurants and because for us like the social aspect of the disease is also really important and that was like the most challenging aspect for me because I was diagnosed when I was like pre-teenager so my teenager years were not very easy because of course when you go outside you want to just have a safe and relaxed meal with your friends so I think that was the most challenging part, but nowadays I just live with it. And yeah, I think Portugal itself, if you have fish and potatoes, you'll be fine. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I think it has improved a lot over the past few years. So how's the common knowledge about celiac disease in, in Portugal? For instance, within healthcare and if you go to a restaurant? Uh, yeah, I don't think, again, I think it has improved a lot. Um, there was a time a few years ago that it became a bit dangerous because there were a lot of famous people who would go uh, to a gluten-free, who would follow a gluten-free diet, but not because they had celiac disease, because it kind of like became famous. I think that was like worldwide. 
a worldwide thing. So I would often go to a restaurant and they would say, oh, we have gluten-free options. And then I would ask, okay, is that safe for celiacs? And they were like, oh, no, 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 just for those who want to follow the diet, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I think that has improved for sure. But I think there's also the need to like establish the difference between following the diet just, just because mm -hmm. or because you have the disease. But yeah, generally, I think it's improving. So what kind of support do you get as a celiac person in Portugal? Uh, so we have, like the Portuguese Celiac Association organizes a lot of activities. We have like the national, national conference. Uh, do you mean support like financially? Yep. Um, I I'm not sure about because now I'm not living in Portugal at the moment, but I believe that if you have like a low income, you can apply to have like some tax benefits. Mm -hmm. I think that's the case, but I'm not 100% sure. I don't know if that's still the same nowadays. Okay. And I believe that when you're buying gluten-free products in the supermarket, you get uh, to less taxes mm -hmm. also. Uh, so instead of having like the normal tax, you will have like a lower one. Um, but yeah, that's it. I think, yeah, this is also something to improve because we were just having in our conference now with the Celiac Youth of Europe, uh, we were just talking, for example, with Italy and they have like a monthly allowance, which is great, which would be great if we would have that in Portugal, but... We are also a small country, so... So as a young person, is it uh, very difficult to afford good gluten-free food? Yeah, I, I think so. Also because in Portugal, the salaries are not very high. And when you're a young person, it's even worse. So, yeah, I think that, uh, again, I think it has improved a lot over the past few years because I get to have that comparison, but I, I still think it's quite expensive. So that's why I would normally, like, for example, do my own bread because it's cheaper. So, yeah, I think this, the economical um, aspect of the disease, it's also something that it's really important to take into account, especially when you're a young person. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Marilyn Geller, the United States. Uh, how is life for celiacs in the U.S.? It can be good and it can be hard. So the U.S. government does not provide any support for people with celiac disease. It is up to them to find their own support. But the gluten-free products are very plentiful in our grocery stores and they're plentiful on our restaurant menus, except that there is the risk of cross-contact because there is no certification for restaurants. So how is the general awareness about what celiac disease is? A lot better than it was, but we still believe maybe 70% of people in the U.S. are, no long, are not diagnosed. As a celiac person, is it easy to find gluten-free products when you go to the supermarket, wherever you go in the U.S.? It's very, very easy in the supermarket. There's plentiful gluten-free products. No matter in what uh, part of the country you are. As far as I know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, eating out, you said, was could be uh, a challenge, sure? It can, because a lot of restaurants will tell you that they have gluten-free items. They'll put uh, you know marks on the restaurant menus that the items are gluten-free, but they have not been trained in the preparation of gluten-free. So while it may not have gluten-containing ingredients, 
there's no training for the kitchens or the staff on how to prepare or handle gluten-free products. So there's a very, very big risk of cross-contact. And general awareness from the staff, do you think, about celiac disease? Probably poor, because most people in America who are gluten-free are not doing it for medical reasons. They're doing it because the athletes and the celebrities say you should be gluten-free. Mm. And that uh, kind of uh, distorts the perception of the why you're eating gluten-free. Well, I think it's very difficult for the restaurant staff for somebody to say no bread, mm. but then they'll order a beer or they'll want dessert. You know, so that's the problem with the staff. They mm. don't see people, most people taking it seriously. You mentioned a little bit about governmental support. Uh, I guess it can vary fr from uh, state to state, but uh, do you know anything general if uh, there is a general support for celiac persons in the U.S.? There is no support even at the state level. Although for the first time in 2021, our National Institutes of Health were compelled by our Congress to put money for celiac disease research. Okay. So up until that point, there were no dedicated dollars. In 2021, there was $9 million and the number is now going to grow. So that is a big first. And so for the government to recognize for research dollars, then the private industry will start to see celiac disease taken more seriously, and we expect the awareness and more interest in it to grow. So it's, it's a federal decision? It is a federal decision. Um, our organization, the Celiac Disease Foundation, in 2018, I was invited to speak before our Congress about the need for research dollars. And so that spurred interest. Uh, we were very fortunate that the woman who chaired the committee, one of her good friends, who is a congressperson, a very powerful congressperson named Betty McCollum, has celiac disease. So between the two, suddenly there was interest, and now we have a celiac disease caucus, and we have the research dollars. What are the biggest challenges or the greatest challenges for a celiac person in the U.S. today? So we have a culture where we eat out. People don't prepare their foods, uh, they don't go home for lunch, you know, they eat their meals out. And so because there is no restaurant certification or training, that's the most difficult piece. What people have to understand is the size of the United States. Uh, the California, where we are headquartered, the single state in the United States, is bigger than Italy. So when we look at the size of the United States, trying to standardize restaurant training, even in a single state, can be overwhelming, particularly since there's no federal regulation. So it's up to the patient advocacy group to help educate the patients, to query their servers the best they can, and that's about the best that people can do, is just to ask a lot of questions. And diagnosis within the healthcare system, is that well developed or are there any challenges there? It's better than it was, but we do not have a national health system. And so there are many, many, many insurance plans, many hospital chains, many uh, physician groups with no coordination. So it uh, becomes <laughs> a challenge to find a physician or a dietitian who specializes in celiac disease. So again, as the patient advocacy organization on our website, we have a directory of physicians and, uh, and dietitians who are expert in celiac disease. Uh, we vet them and we keep the registry up for the, for the healthcare practitioners. So what we do is we have the registry for the healthcare practitioners for the patients to find physicians and dietitians who are expert in celiac disease, and then we support education. So the monies that we raise, we put into education programs uh, with our celiac disease programs in the United States. So for instance, Columbia University, which is one of the biggest celiac disease centers in the U.S. and New York, we sponsored a worldwide live stream of education for physicians that the patients could also tune into. And then we have a program with our 
Academy of Dietetics and Nutrition. We paid for the development of a gluten-related disorders training program, and then we provide scholarships for the dietitians to take it. So that's the way that we as a patient advocacy organization are trying to help with education. So medical students will tell you that maybe they receive one half hour of training in all autoimmune disease when they're in school. And so the issue is that celiac disease, among many other autoimmune diseases, are not prioritized in the training. So again, one of the things that we did, uh, we had a family of, of donors, and they supported a physician training program at the University of Southern California in Los Angeles to be a model for other residency programs for training for physicians. This trained internal medicine and then the specialties that you can find autoimmune disease in, uh, endocrinology, rheumatology, and uh, they have now put through that program hundreds of physicians, but it is again one program in one city in one state, um, and you know the, the problem is still very, very big. So in our own way, we try to do things as we can, uh, but it's really that the, the prioritization of celiac disease training in the United States, as for all autoimmune disease, is not, uh, is not big business. Thank you very much, Marilyn, and it's nice to have you here in Europe. It is wonderful to be here, and I am just so pleased to see uh, what the AOECS and the Gluten-Free Alliance is doing. It's very encouraging and a good model for us. I'm Natasha Forstner-Holeshek. I'm from Slovenia. How is life for celiacs in Slovenia in general, you would say? Uh, very expensive. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, it was always expensive, but now it's especially expensive. Um, we don't have any uh, money from the government that would ease the people to buy gluten-free foods. Mm -hmm. So it's um, we have a variety of gluten-free foods uh, every year. More different kind of foods we didn't have before, like 10 years ago but they are really, really expensive because I'm comparing them when I travel, now not so much, but before COVID, to other countries, uh, for example, Italy and the uh, United Kingdom, London. Uh, the same product is like two or three times expensive than uh, in those countries, the same product. So the difficulty is not finding products in the store, the difficulty is affording them yes exactly it's um, it's a privilege that you can eat gluten-free and that hurts us at the society the most because many people cannot afford and they don't uh, have a proper gluten-free diet which is really important as we know for our health uh, on the long run and uh, they just can't afford it for an individual celiac in, in Slovenia what kind of support can you count on from the government uh, we just have a support in uh, money for uh, children till 18 years old. They get like, I think, 100 euros every month, uh, but no other support in money uh, or other things like in uh, flour or stuff like that from the government, any whatsoever. So if you can afford uh, going out to eat at the restaurant, how easy is it to find gluten-free food at restaurants? Yeah, now it's uh, we have like three or four uh, restaurants that are completely gluten-free. It's much better than like 10 years ago. Uh, in many restaurants, they are aware of uh, gluten-free diets, so you can talk to the staff, usually better with the cooks, uh, that you have celiac disease. Sometimes it's difficult because this um, diet is popular 
and many people that don't have celiac disease, you know, they eat gluten-free, but it's not so important for them, the cross-contamination-wise, that it's for us. And uh, so sometimes the uh, waiter tells us that uh, some people say, oh, I'll just, uh, it's not important if you, and then we come and we say it's really important that there is no cross-contamination. They say, what is this? Some people are, uh, it's important for them, and for some it's not important. So it's, it's sometimes confusing, and it's bad for us that uh, these people are not eating really gluten-free. That's less than 20 ppm per kilo gluten. So how is the awareness of celiac disease within healthcare in Slovenia? Usually the gastroenterologists and uh, the specialists know everything about it, but uh, the family doctors and also, unfortunately, many pediatricians are not so informed, mostly family doctors, so they don't really know what to do with us. Mm. I heard from people that they, they said that they can eat spelt and they give them misleading information. Uh, and they don't take it seriously, really, uh, some of them. Some of them are familiar, so we, are, uh, we did quite some education for family doctors also uh, to get to, um, an idea that this is really important, that this is a disease. It's not our choice to eat gluten-free. Mm. And awareness is growing, but it's not there that we would like to have it yet. Okay. What are the biggest challenges for celiacs in Slovenia today, you would say? Uh, for celiacs, mm -hmm. <laughs> first, uh, uh, prices that are too high and also the variety of restaurants that you cannot... Uh, if you go to a city, you, there is usually not a restaurant that you could eat and you have to carry your own food. We would like to have uh, a restaurant uh, in every city or everywhere you go so you can afford a proper safe gluten-free meal mm. and support from the government money-wise because the products are really expensive that would be amazing thank you thank you hi my name is Aisha and I live in England how is the situation for celiac persons in England right now? So, really good question. I think the provision is moving forward. There's a lot more that there was a couple years back, but I think there's still a lot more to go. Um, thankfully, we've now found really good alternatives to some really good staple foods. So, for example, in England, Pringles are quite a popular type of crisp, and now Shah have um, come out with Kirby's, which are a very, very good alternative. Okay, so uh, wherever you go in, in the UK, it's easy to find gluten-free fruit in stores? Definitely, especially when it comes to pre-packaged food, it's a lot easier to find. And you can go into nearly any supermarket and you'll find an aisle, which is the free from section, where you can grab things to go for the day um, or to, you can do your weekly shopping. Eating out, is it safe and easy to find restaurants? So eating out slightly trickier because you kind of want people to have an awareness of celiac and the gluten-free diet, um, which is sometimes a hit and miss. But the gluten-free accreditation 
um, that Celiac UK run is really helpful. So I tend to go to those restaurants instead. So for example, Pizza Express, which is a chain restaurant, is gluten-free accredited. Um, and it just makes life a lot easier. But we are currently trying to get more and more restaurants recruited so that they can also become gluten-free accredited. Have you ever been gluten poisoned when you're eating out? Thankfully not. I've managed to stop it any time I have. So I tend to ask lots of questions, even though it seems like it's the it's the wrong thing to do. I tend to ask lots because you never know. But um, thankfully I've been and touch wood I managed to keep away from it. What is the common knowledge about celiac disease in, in the UK? I think generally speaking our healthcare system is well equipped to understand celiac disease, provide information to patients about it. I think it's sometimes really tricky to get an initial diagnosis because everyone presents with slightly different symptoms and it's often characterized by kind of symptoms that other diseases would have as well. So it's really difficult sometimes to know that it is celiac disease. But generally speaking, it is easy to it's easy to get diagnosed and um, start your treatment, which would be the gluten-free diet. So uh, how's the general knowledge about celiac disease? Oh, so in terms of kind of just publicly, I think there's an awareness. Sometimes there's a misunderstanding that it's an allergy or an intolerance as opposed to an autoimmune disease that actually does have systemic effects on your body. Um, I think there's, so for example with my friends, when I was diagnosed initially, they didn't really know what it was, didn't have a clue about it. They've got a much better understanding now But it, unless you know somebody who suffers with it or has an intolerance, you wouldn't know about gluten necessarily in the food because you can't really see it, unlike nuts, for example. So it is sometimes harder to stop and avoid. What kind of support do you get as a celiac from the state? So generally speaking, I've had appointments with my clinicians, healthcare professionals, um, who have been really helpful in helping me kind of understand the diet, how it's kind of affecting my body and the kind of um, symptoms and how I can try avoid them. And I think generally we also have a really good charity called Celiac UK who are amazing and I've used them quite a lot for um, finding restaurants, for support, for clarifying things um, if I wasn't sure if it was gluten free or not. So generally we have quite good support there but no monetary support no at the moment no monetary support we used to have um, prescription free foods which are still uh, kind of live in some areas but not every area um, but generally speaking there, there isn't any no can you afford the prices of gluten-free food So thankfully at the moment I can, but I am a student and I am very conscious about the prices rising as with everything else kind of cost of living wise. Um, I am really, really hoping that we can do some work hopefully to try support celiac patients who aren't as fortunate or don't have the means or resources because ultimately if you can't afford buy gluten-free food you won't follow the diet and it is treatment and then you're not following treatment so it is so important that we are looking at how we can make sure that everyone is able to afford the gluten-free food and diet. Thank you very much Aisha. Thank you so much, thanks. After these two intense days of interviewing people from all over Europe and also from outside of Europe, a few things have become clearer to me. General life for celiacs in most countries are pretty okay nowadays. It has become much better compared to how it was some years ago at least. 
Food can generally be found in supermarkets all over Europe. Albeit, in some countries it is harder to find food in remote parts of the land. Knowledge within the healthcare system for diagnosis of celiac disease varies, but it is possible to get good treatment if you have the luck to meet the right doctor. This could be improved, it seems. The greatest challenge celiacs face in Europe seems to be the prices for gluten-free food in supermarkets. It was mentioned that in some countries the cost can be up to 10 times the cost of regular food. I suddenly feel lucky from my Swedish perspective where the cost is only two or three times higher. Another challenge frequently mentioned is eating out of your home. It's possible to go out and eat at a restaurant in most countries, but it is often at your own risk and it is not always easy to assess how big the risk is of being gluten poisoned. Some countries have come further than others, like Italy or the UK. All in all, we seem to have more similarities than differences between our countries. And it feels somewhat reassuring that people all over the world are working hard to break down the challenges facing celiacs. It seems as if the collective work has made a difference, even though much is still left to do. This podcast was produced in November 2022 for AOECS by Jesper Lindström at Bold Buddha Production. The music you heard in the podcast was Waiting Room and Toward Horizon by Lilo Sound and Brothers Unite by Alexander Nakarada.